morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have Mario, the node defender, Mr. Johnny Crypto, the CEO of Collecti Labs, Selman G, and Billy, the chart analysis expert, all joining us on this beautiful Tuesday. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Charles Hodgkin says Cardano's largest network upgrade is underway. Although delays push the launch back until July 30th, he states this upgrade will lead to an increase in mass adoption. SEC Chair Gary Gensler warns many crypto products are too good to be true. As U.S. Treasury Chair Janet Yellen states regulation is urgent. Is this another example of why 2023 will be the year of institutional adoption? Financial mogul and media giant Patrick Bet-David explains to Peter Schiff how the youth is shaping the future of finance, while Elon Musk backtracks stating he never told people to invest in crypto. Ripple inks a historic NFT deal utilizing the XRPL, while CTO David Schwartz supports decentralization, stating democracy is the way of the future. Deloitte Bank and NYDIG inks a massive partnership allowing businesses to adopt Bitcoin. And we show our listeners why times of mass fear have historically been the time to create generational wealth. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So as you guys can tell, we got some amazing news this morning, but I think it's only fitting we start off with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Where are you this morning? Why don't you fill our listeners in on this beautiful Tuesday? First of all, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Hopefully all the Warrior Maniacs are doing well. I am uh, hanging outside of Ab's apartment, so this is his view off his deck. Um, so I'm on his back deck right now. It's really, really beautiful down here. So I'm super excited to be here. Thanks, Abs, for letting me sleep on your deck last night. Really appreciate it. And good morning to my fellow brothers there, the Node Defender and Selman. Of course, you guys. As you always know, I got everyone's back in this room, but we'll kick it to the Node Defender next. If you ever want to sleep on my deck with Johnny Crypto, you already know you're more than welcome. But how are you feeling on this Tuesday, Mario? And nice background. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Johnny's in your deck and I'm in your living room. And I think Selman is in your second living room, probably. So yeah, we're all hanging out at Abs this week. This week, so feeling good this morning. Feeling very optimistic with the market. A lot of good stuff that we're going to talk about today. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. Selman, I'm really excited to have you join us this morning. Not only because you got that badass background, but because we need that technical analysis from you. We're seeing Bitcoin get a little bit of a pump this morning, and that gets me excited. But we're watching crypto Twitter get far too optimistic. I'm not sure if we've bottomed here, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Welcome in on this Tuesday, and thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you so much. And guys, do you like the intro? Do you like our backgrounds? If you do, please hit the like button. Great work. Great work, guys. Shout out to the team. Amazing. And we just had Billy jump in, Selman, so I want to shout out Billy real quick. Billy, welcome in. Thank you for joining us, and I love the background. I've said that to every single person this morning. What's on your mind on this Tuesday, and thank you for joining us. What's up, fam? I'm just glad to get the computer working, man. Last week, it was storms. This week, my thing just went nuts. Uh, it's crazy in the market, man. Uh, everything's red right now. We've had a couple of little green days, but I think it's uh, in, in the stock market. I think we're having a little dead cat bounce play. Uh, we're going to have some little false gains. I, I still think we have some red coming in the market. God, I miss you guys. 
<laughs> we miss you too, Billy. And it's perfect that you brought that up because that's exactly what I was talking about. We're getting a little bit of, of bullish price action here and everyone turns so optimistic, but I cut Selman G off. So I want to go back to him. Selman, what are some of your thoughts this morning before we kick into our articles? First of all, hey, Billy, really miss you, man, on the show. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, to be honest. Um, just watched JV live on, you know, um, in our server, talking to the Warriors and like, he's also pumping motivation, telling people to not give up. He's also a human being. He also, you know, the, the market or like anything else in the market, the energy is dragging him down sometimes, but he's now becoming a better beast. He's, you know, that he creates that resistance and that's what we all should do. We all should be really embracing this and finding and try to find ways to, uh, you know, get all these blessings, right? And, you know, find these opportunities. And I'm so dope here. Uh, so happy to be here and um, really dope and um, would like to actually talk about you about the markets, what I believe, but right after you bring all the uh, most, in, most important information. Amazing. Thank you so much, Selman. And I'm really excited to have you here this morning, but we're going to hop into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our newly branded Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Not only do you get access to our entire team, we go live on Monday, we go live on Thursday, and we continue to upgrade our look as you can tell, Bitcoin fear and greed index is still sitting at a nine this morning. No need for Johnny Crypto to tell you that this is a possible time for accumulation. We'll skip right past that and go into the total market cap sitting at $944 billion this morning. Bitcoin, 43% dominance. Ethereum is 15%. Bitcoin is sitting at 21500 And although that number is low, it is still bullish price action compared to this weekend. Ethereum, 1100 Cardano, 50 cents. XRP is 33 cents this morning. Avalanche, $18. Kronos, 12 cents. Stellar, 11 cents. And Hedera Hashgraph is seven and a half cents this morning. I'd love to hear from Billy first. Billy, what's on your mind and how are you approaching this bearish price action? We had a crazy weekend. Bitcoin went all the way down, touched 17.5. We're back above 21K. What's on your mind as the chart analysis expert? I still think we're going down. I still think we got some, some bearish sentiment in the market. I still, you know, there's a lot of other things going down in the world. Right now, it's a perfect time to DCA in. I know I've seen Johnny uh, Crypto's TikToks talking about DCA uh, into coins. So that, that's the perfect thing to do right now because we don't know what the bottom's going to be. This market is crazy right now. So just try to find the bottoms, find the supports from previous, you know, history and just DCA in, into fundam fundamental projects that you know have utility and, and you're going to be fine in this market. Exactly. And what gets me excited here, we're showing the rainbow price chart. We've showed this for three days in a row now because I think it's so historically important. You're looking at 11 years of price action here. And every single time we entered this blue range, that was near the bottom of our bearish cycle. I'd love to kick it to Selman and get some overall technical analysis. What's on your mind this morning? And how do you feel about Bitcoin being back above 21K? Is that going to be big for the entire market? Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, like the market goes up couple percentage and all of a sudden people are super bullish again the moon boys are coming out and saying bitcoin 100k well fundamentals have changed of course we know that you know they're going more aggressively um you know tapering with tapering and uh, with the rate hikes all of that stuff and we have an ongoing war and it looks like it's gonna continue so that's why i personally feel like yep in the long run so this year maybe end of this year we're gonna see lower lows However, guys, um, right now, yes, short term, it looks like some on-chain metrics predict, you know, undervaluation. It looks like, it, it, you know, we bottomed. But still, I am in favor of 
a little bit of liquidation. I feel like we still have, you know, we need to protect the 20K level. If not, we're going to test the 17,000 again. Yes, and that's what we're showing here now. Bitcoin's price chart on this day over the past nine years, and every single time we hit a bearish cycle, you're going to hear that Bitcoin is dead. But I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, every single time we get a massive pullback in Bitcoin, it's been a buying opportunity. Why don't you make the argument for why now is not any different? This is just a traditional cycle. We're still following a four-year cycle structure. So what catches your attention? Yeah, so for me... Um... I, I look at it as whenever you're trying to catch the bottom or someone tells you you can catch the bottom, you're a fool. You can't. can't catch the top, can't catch the bottom. What you can catch is some elements of the bottom and some elements of the top. And me, the argument I would make here looking at the rainbow chart, as you can see, we are obviously, I mean, this is obvious, right? I'm just, but you're touching the bottom in this area. Now, can we go lower than that chart? Absolutely. If Tether collapses tomorrow, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be outside the rainbow, okay? Forget Skittles. You're gonna be all everybody's gonna be crying. But the reality is that's when we're gonna see a bottom of seventy five hundred or something like that. So um, you know, maybe I think that's the worst case scenario, seventy five hundred as the ultimate low. Twelve thousand being probably a really, really solid point. But if that gets dropped. But to me, this is this is a dollar cost averaging opinion. A point in my opinion, not a financial advisor, not financial advice, but I did buy some and I have been buying as it's been on the way down. To give you an example, so I bought some at 28, bought some at 22, bought some at 20. That's DCA and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're buying in as we're coming down. I don't know where the bottom is. If it goes down more, we pick up a little bit more. So that's, that's the argument there is this is probably a good opportunity if you haven't started yet to put some in. Don't put it all in. You're only going to put in five or ten or fifteen percent of your of your bags or your powder that you got sitting on the sidelines. But this is a good as time as any to, in my opinion, to put some of it in. Yeah, so Mario, what sticks out to me as I look at this rainbow price chart is at the bottom of that blue line is just below seventeen thousand. It's about sixteen thousand seven hundred. So if we were to go there and test it as support or even dip below it for a short period of time, it wouldn't be anything out of the ordinary. But what sticks out to you and how do you feel about this price chart in particular? Are we approaching a local bottom? Well, I, I think that the, the most important thing that I, when I look at that, uh, that price chart, that rainbow chart and, uh, Johnny, I agree with Johnny. Can we go lower? Absolutely. But uh, the one thing that sticks out to me is how long we can actually range at the bottom of that chart. So it, it is, it is on the way up. So we could be ranging sideways to upwards over the last, over the next couple of years, we can actually see that going back to 2015, we actually ranged at the bottom of that blue line for, for like two years. So I think that's very important for people to kind of set their expectation. A lot of we've been showing this chart and people are like, oh, what's the point of this chart? Well, I mean, it gives us a perspective of if we if we go to that bottom, what that bottom is, and also how long we could range there for, we know what we're levels to expect. And it's it's important. Why? Because of the DCA. We can continue to DCA while we're at these levels. We know that that blue line indicates the best time to be DCAing. If we look back again to, to 2015, we stayed there for like two years, but we were slowly climbing up. So I think that that's what sticks out to me. And uh, for as long as we're at this bottom, we can't go wrong. But but DCA, it's it's a perfect, perfect timing, in my my opinion. Exactly. And just to build off what you said there, Mario, when we were in that blue range, we spent two and a half years there from about 2014 to early 2018. And even during that time where we're ranging in that lowest range, we did a 7X. So we went from $150 to $950. 
during that five-year time period, even though we were in a confirmed quote-unquote bear market, there was still an opportunity to make some money. But I would love to kick it into our first article for today as we have some very interesting news. This is actually not an article. This is a breaking news tweet. Twitter's board unanimously approves Elon Musk's $44 billion takeover on Twitter. This is going to be very exciting because not only is Elon Musk going to take over Twitter, he's also going to incorporate crypto assets. He's indicated this several times before. I'd love to hear from Johnny Crypto. What does this say to you? I think he's sleeping. We'll kick it to Selman G instead. Selman, what does it say to you? Go ahead, Selman. Go for it. I had to find a mute button. I'll no, no, man. Come on. It's your, it's your turn. Don't fight. Don't fight. Just one of you go. <laughs> um, well, um, actually, this is this really surprised me. I guess Mario as well. I've seen your tweet today, uh, this morning, and yeah, I was surprised. I thought this was like a, you know, they were distracting people uh, from something we don't know yet. But like when I found out about it, I was like surprised. Why is he buying it? Like really, what's his intention? I mean, recently he said that we can use it as a crypto payment, right? Um, on that platform. Um, very curious. Maybe I'd like to know what Mario and Johnny Crypto um, are thinking of that. Um, but for me, it was really surprising. Yes, Johnny, I'd love to kick it to you next. Johnny, what catches your attention here? You always talk about some of the elites. There's paid opposition and there's organic players in this market. I like to think that Elon Musk is an authentic human being. What are some of your thoughts on his takeover of Twitter? And do you anticipate that cryptocurrency assets are going to be integrated onto the platform? Well, so first of all, um, you know, whether he's authentic or not is we're never going to know that. Right. Um, so I'm not even going to speculate there um, in terms of the takeoff. I don't really care. I mean, if he buys it or not, I, you know what I want? I hope he brings the edit button. That's what I want. Please bring the edit button. If you take over Twitter, because <laughs> a lot of times you, you all know you made a mistake and you can't edit the damn thing. So bring the edit button. I think he will try to incorporate some crypto. The nice thing about Elon is he at least comes across giving you the feeling that he wants to be progressive. He wants to move things forward. And so I think that, you know, some of the improvements he'll bring to Twitter will be helpful. Um, it's always good to have a fresh mind in there to look at something and change it. So Dorsey set it up and did one thing. And, you know, he can only take it so far. He's out now. Now we bring in Elon and see what Elon can do. I think he'll work to improve it. So, um, you know, I am surprised by the news because you keep hearing it's on, it's off, it's on and off. So, frankly, to be honest with you, I don't believe it's on or off until it actually physically happens. So I'm not, I don't believe news. We all know news is fake. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, the only reason why we're in this position we are now is because of the news and where it drives us up and down. And they will continue to use the news to do that. And so the question is, how much more bad news do they have to drive the crypto markets down? I think a lot of it's out. I think we're close to the bottom. Could we go lower? Yes. If Tether crashes, we're going lower. But I don't think that's going to happen either. And I gave my reason for that yesterday. But anyway, we'll see what happens. I think the jury's out on this. You can't get excited about this. Uh, takeovers take a long time to do. So many things need to happen. Um, just just wake me up when it actually is done. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And if you guys are enjoying this content, show us some love and smash that like button. We got 203 live listeners out there. If you like our new backgrounds and our new logo, make sure you smash it three times. If you hit it twice, it goes away. We're going to kick it into our first article for today, which is that SEC chair warns of two good-to-be-true crypto products as U.S. Treasury calls for urgent regulation. This is something we've reiterated on our channel every single day. We've talked about how 2023 is going to be the year of institutional adoption, but that's not going to happen until we get regulation. And that's exactly what this article is focused on. SEC Chair Gary Gensler's crypto warning. He says that we've seen lending platforms operating like little banks. 
They're saying they're giving it, they're saying to investors, give us your crypto and we'll give you a return of seven to four and a half percent. How does somebody offer such a large percentage of returns in a market today and not disclose how they're receiving that profit? He told the public, I caution the public. If it seems too good to be true, it just may well be too good to be true. This is among the news of the Celsius collapse. And we also had Hong Kong based Babel Finance temporarily uh, suspend withdrawals. So I think we're going to see more and more of this going forward. Before we hop into what Janet Yellen has to say, I'd love to hear from Selman. Selman, what does this article say to you? And what do you think regulation is going to do to this market? Gary Gensler wants to control crypto. He wants the SEC to have a role in how this market develops. What does this say to you? A lot of people are so scared of regulation, but I really want everybody actually to embrace it. And this is, uh, to be honest, there are so many Ponzi schemes in this uh, in the in the crypto space, and regulation must come. And I really want um, all these platforms like Celsius to do crazy audits and report every week or every month so that we we know that our money is going to be safe there. Because apparently, you know, it, we thought it's like the centralized finance, right? But all of a sudden, guess what happened? They uh, shut down the whole chain. You can't you can swap your money. You can't do anything. So it's not that decentralized, in my opinion. So, um, of course... Staking is something else, which is amazing. It, I love this so much. But when it comes to decentralized finance, 100% expect regulation. And with regulation, you'll see the big players joining. They want clarity in this market. And then you'll see how beautiful this place will be. And then probably then you're going to see great um, interest rates, um, but solid backed by, you know, regulation. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it. So 2023. 2024 is going to be amazing. Billy, I'd love to hear from you next. When Gary Gensler talks about returns of seven to four and a half percent being too good to be true, I do disagree, but there is something he says that I agree with. They're not disclosing how they're getting these profits, but they're profiting and, and promising these returns. What well, does that stick out to you? And how many of these firms do you think are actually lying about the amount of profit that they're pulling in? I think a lot of them are probably lying, especially if you're offering those kind of returns. It's just like anything else you have in life. We, we're, we're all humans. Wherever there's money to be made or new things come about or regulation is not there, you're going to have a hustle. You're going to have a hustler. So as much as we don't like the SEC, I'm in 100% agreement with Selman. We have to have regulations at some point just, just to protect people. We still have people coming out here and, and hustling old people for getting their roofs fixed. Imagine what can happen in crypto if there's not something there to protect people. So as much as I don't like this little, this little guy, uh, He's right. We, we need regulations to help protect people. I still don't like him, but yeah, he's right. And it'd be nice if we got a choice of whether he was going to regulate the market or not, but he's taking that power into his own hands, which makes me very, very nervous. We're going to continue with this article to get some really good quotes. The overall crypto market has lost over a trillion dollars since mid-April, and the U.S. Treasury Department is very concerned. They said that they're monitoring activity in the crypto market very closely, and they believe the recent turmoil only underscores the urgent need for regulatory frameworks to mitigate the risks in digital assets. So what I want to put in here is what Kevin O'Leary said yesterday. The fact that we don't have regulation creates volatility. Institutions not being allowed to buy in and dollar cost average in at low prices is the reason that we experience these dramatic bear markets, and then the bull runs take five times as long. But I'd love to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. Institutions are not only going to create stability in this market, they're also just going to increase the, the total market cap overall. So what are you anticipating and when do you think we'll see some regulation for digital assets? Well, first of all, I want to go back to the prior article. So, you know, 
I have to admit, this is probably the first time and maybe the only time I'll ever agree with that line, snake, rat, weasel, Gary Gensler. He is right that, you know, a lot of these institutions are offering something, these exchanges, giving you interest rates and not telling you where it's coming from. And the reality is that that is a problem that needs to get fixed. Um, anybody who's got, who bought into strong nodes or anything, um, they, they are not, there is no transparency on where this stuff is coming from. So I believe all that stuff will get fixed. The, you know, they let, cause this is how they work. They let everything crash. They put it all out there, let everybody see all the bad shit so that people then are willing to accept the regulation that they're going to push on you. People are not going to accept, especially in America, things being pushed on them until they realize there's a reason why it's being pushed on them. And that's just how they, their minds work, our minds work out here. So I think that now that everybody got to see UST crash, people losing money on straw, all these different things are going to warrant some kind of regulation. When is it coming at? I don't know. Quarter four, probably, it comes in. Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking me. Probably 20. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe 20 mid sometime in 20. I think sometime in 2023, you know how these guys move. Congress moves slow as nails snails they're going to take their time probably after the election probably sometime in 2023 i think we'll start and by the way all we're going to get initially most likely is regulation around stable coins it's not going to regulate the whole entire market they'll start with stable coins and then they'll start they'll let all the shit collapse and fall and then they'll bring other things but at least we'll finally have one stable coin that will feel good that we can all invest in and know that it's backed by you know, the fake U.S. government fiat or whatever the hell they're going to back it by. But at least you'll have some, we'll have confidence in it. Exactly. And if there's any stable coin that I believe in right now, it's USDC. But I do want to circle back to our original conversation, which was about U.S. Treasury Janet Yellen saying that regulation is not only urgent, but it's imminent because there's so much uncertainty in this market. And we know that's going to allow for institutions to come in. I'd love to kick it to the node defender here. Mario, what does this article say to you? And how do you think these this market is going to evolve as a whole once we have institutions buying these dips? Yeah, I think I think the market is evolving. We see so many signs of that from all of the different institutions and banks and stuff that keep giving us all the signs. But two things that stuck out for, for me were I don't think four and a half percent to seven percent is really too good to be true. It's just that unfortunately peasants don't have access to those kind of investments that provide typically peasants don't have access to those kind of investments. So it's sad to to, to see them it's sad to see them classify it like that because People, anybody should have access to investments that investments that provide great returns. The other thing is they're outlining the fact that one trillion dollars has been wiped out of the crypto market. Well, what about the seven plus trillion dollars that's been wiped out of the stock market? I mean, if we're if we're categorizing crypto as a risky investment, we're saying one trillion dollars has been wiped out. Well, stock, if it's safer, stock market has, has had more than seven trillion dollars wiped out. So this is a, a an overall overall market correction or markets correction it's not just crypto so i think that they're they're just talking down on crypto because because unfortunately that's what they do all the time but the economic conditions are global global and it's affecting all markets not just crypto market Exactly. I feel like it'd be perfect to hear from Billy there because we always talk about how it's a macroeconomic problem. This isn't a cryptocurrency issue. It's a global markets issue. We got supply chains is worse than ever. We've got oil prices higher than ever. And we got the S&P diving right now. That market is going crazy low. The S&P is looking like cryptocurrency when you talk about the dips we're experiencing here. So what's going through your mind, Billy? Because I know you have a ton of experience in both traditional markets and cryptocurrency. So you, you hit the nail on the head. The markets are down everywhere, man. Just like uh, Mario said, it's it's a it's a across the board um, 
thing. Like it's affecting everybody. And just like I said about crypto, I don't think we're done. I don't think we found the bottom in the stock market as well. Uh, and you look at the food sector, everything that's going on with that, the, like you said, the oil and gas industry, and there's there's nothing to stabilize it yet. So until we we get to that part and then the next key factor is when we officially go into recession. So when we get these next numbers that come out and we have that second quarter of uh, negative GDP growth uh, and then we get the CPI numbers that tell us what the true inflation number is, that's when it's going to get interesting. When we get those numbers, that's when we'll truly start to find our bottom somewhere. And that's what I'm waiting for, Billy, because I'm getting really excited for the beginning of 2023. Not only do I think we're going to get regulation, we're going to have reached our bottom and we can move on. But these next six to eight months are going to determine who's a real investor and who's here to make quick cash, because this is the time to build generational wealth. And we have 226 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. We're going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics on a daily basis. And if you're looking for any of these beautiful individuals, social medias are all linked down below, but we are going to hop into our next article for today, which is an ADA article. Charles Hodgkin says the Vasal Fork is ADA's biggest upgrade and states that the stakes have never been higher. So on June 20th, it was announced that the highly anticipated launch of Cardano's Vasal Fork will be postponed. The launch was supposed to happen this week, and now it's been pushed until the end of July Anyone who's familiar in the space knows that these types of projects constantly get delayed. But in this one particular case scenario, it's not a negative thing. So what happened after the Terra Luna collapse is that Charles Hodgkins gave direction to a lot of engineers on the project to say that they should probably be measuring three times and cut once. This is going to be a very slow process, and it's going to change how quickly Cardano is, is adopted on a mass scale. I'd love to hear from the group here. Selman, what catches your attention? Uh, first of all, like the title, can you... Uh, scroll up please the title what i like is the staking right stakes have never been higher so you see um there are smart people using the opportunity in the bear market to stake that's great uh, crazy because i see a lot of people also on other chains dumping their backs because they don't want to see lower lows even though rates go up because people are dumping but this is the opportunity for people if you believe in this project then why not stake it right it's very secure on the chain and on the other hand, Cardano has an amazing community. We know that. And um, seeing their uh, progress basically up uh, since um, the smart contract uh, implementation back in September, what has happened to Cardano in terms of, you know, NFT communities and different projects, um, so applications on Cardano, it's just insane. And it tells me that Cardano isn't a flop. It's not like, uh, compared to Solana, for example, is stronger and stronger and um, gaining more market share actually in the long run because of this. And if it continues like like that, it's probably going to, you know, no matter what, it's going to be under the top 10. And we know Johnny Crypto is the expert in Cardano when it comes to this group right here. But I want to read this quote before I kick it to him. He says, uh, Charles Hodgkin says, there's a lot of stuff here with this hard fork. It's the largest and most significant we've ever done. And it's going to be one where the stakes have really never been higher. They're claiming this is going to lead to further mass adoption because not only is it going to be easier for developers to use Cardano, it's also going to be cheaper to send transactions between users. Kick it to Johnny Crypto here. What, what does this quote tell you? Well, first of all, I mean, you guys all know how I feel about Hodgkin. Charles is a really brilliant, genius guy. Although I, I do question why he picked the name Vassal. Every time I hear it, I think it's some kind of 
woman's private cleaning soap. I don't know. It's just such a bad name. I don't know why he picked that name. But regardless, I'm sure some women know what I'm talking about. But uh, regardless of the name, you know, the guy's a genius. He did it right. He took his time. He's going slow. Measure, measure three times, cut once is exactly how you should do it. You're running technology. Everything else is failing around you. He, he, this is why I like Cardano. Now, when I see comments like this, this worries me, right? When a guy says, you know, I hope you guys are right because you bought Ethereum and Cardano on us. No, no, no. See, that's you're, you're wrong. You don't base it on us. You do your own research. You go out there and you got to feel confident investing in Cardano. Don't buy it because I'm confident in it or Abs is confident in it or Billy or anybody here is confident. No, no, no. Then it's wrong. We're just showing you projects and giving you ideas of what is out there and what we like. But you cannot buy based. We are not financial advisors, not financial advisors. We're just trying to help educate you in terms of what we think could be potentially good projects. But please do not be investing money. You cannot afford to lose in any of these projects because Cardano could go to zero. And I'm going to look at it and say, hey, I made a bad decision. OK, I got played. Something went wrong and I'm going to have to research you know, what I did, what went wrong. So I just want everybody out there to know that if you're going to, you know, you watch the show and listen, we're going to give you ideas. We're going to share what we think is good. And we're going to share the information with you. But you are ultimately responsible for your investment decision, please. So make sure, you know, everybody understands that out there. But in terms of this, you know, this is a huge upgrade because one of the biggest complaints I've been hearing about Cardano when you talk to some developers is some of the way they wrote the code and the way they integrated abs has been a little... Mm, they're not happy with it, right? Charles has, has seen that, and they're making this upgrade, which is always in the plan, by the way. But it's going to bring lower costs, and it's going to make the keyword there. I don't know where you read it. It's in there. You talked about simplifying it for developers. I don't know where that was. Uh, is it still on the screen here? But anyway, that's the most important part. Remember, somebody's got to write code around this stuff. The more simpler these guys make it, the more adoptable it'll be, the more valuable it is, and the higher the coin price will be. At least that's what I'm banking on. So now we have to wait and see, and that's why I like it, and I'm going to you know, keep going with it. Johnny, you brought up a million great points there, so it's really hard to pick what I want to go to first. We're actually going to kick it to the node defender here because there's an amazing quote that says, it's anticipated that this would significantly enhance the network scalability, ultimately leading to an increase in its adoption. We talk about ADA being bought up by Grayscale. And of course, do not buy things because we're buying them. If I knew what the heck I was doing, I probably wouldn't have to spend as much time as I do studying this stuff every day. But if you want to be, if you want to ask me what a safe decision is, I'm betting on the assets that are going to appreciate in the long term. I'm looking at 2025, 2026, hopefully being an eight-figure investor at that point because of the decisions that I'm making today. I'd love to kick it to the node defender here. How do you feel about Cardano and how do you feel about the Vasil fork? Is this going to change the game? Because we know Cardano was built to take down Ethereum. Yeah, I mean, we're all very, uh, we're, we're all speculators, right? We're all just very curious speculators and we're just speculating on what cryptocurrencies we think will be foundations for, for the future of, of the uh, infrastructure, you know, the entire blockchain infrastructure. But I do like the fact that Cardano is doing things very slowly and methodically. I do like the fact that they're taking their time to implement things. Johnny mentioned it, absolutely nailed it, nailed it on the head. You know, the more simple they make it for developers, the more adoption they're going to get. Actually, last year we saw that they had the most development. The Cardano was the most developed blockchain. So it, it's super bullish. I personally think that Cardano will surprise a lot of people, especially those that have been just frustrated with the fact that it's taking so long for them to get anything done. I really think that the, the, the concept of measuring three times cut once, it works, especially we've seen that 
blockchain projects and developments are just not as simple as people think they are. I mean, we see examples like Flare, you know, with a delayed launch. Now they're, let's see if it really happens July 4th. We see, for example, um, with Ethereum, the merge, the 2.0, these things take time. And Cardano is certainly taking its its time. And and I really think it may come out, come out a winner. And that's what we're betting on here, right? It's not that Cardano is going to be the one and only winner, but we do think it's going to have a portion of the DeFi market and a portion of the decentralized applications that are being built right now. But we have 229 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. And if you're looking for a more deeper fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to every single one of us, especially Mr. Selman G. But also, Coach JV does a portfolio update every single Thursday. So if you're looking for us at Thursday at 1 p.m., that's where this team is. But we're going to show you a very interesting video here. Patrick David is explaining to Peter Schiff how people of our generation, the 32 to 37-year-old generation and below, are shaping finance today. We are more comfortable not only taking risks, but putting our, our fiat currencies into these digital assets. And he breaks down what that's going to do for our monetary system. We'll let this thing play and then kick it to Johnny Crypto. Here we go. have changed. That's more camp which is gold, equities, this is what we got to be doing. They have no clue what they're doing. It's a scam. It's this. They're just trying to pump and dump. You don't know what we're doing. Okay, fine. He may be right, but he may also be wrong. And then there's the other side, which the younger generation is saying, Peter, we just don't like the way you've been doing things. We don't. We just don't trust the Fed. We, we would trust gold if our money was backed by gold, but it's not. And your dream of the government and our currency being backed by gold it's going to take a lot of convincing and a lot of powerful people to say yes for that to happen. So because of that, Peter, we think you're a little bit naive and you're oblivious to what's taking place. We want to take it in a different direction because we no longer trust the centralized monetary system. We want it to be decentralized. But I'm going to tell you this here, uh, 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 Dan, for us to be thinking about. No one is 100% certain who's going to be right. It's going to take about 12 to 24 months, maybe 36 more months for us to know whether Peter's camp is right or whether their camp is right. But if there's one thing that we know, when you watch the younger generation years ago when Snapchat came out, I wasn't on Snapchat. I was on Facebook and Instagram. I'm in Hawaii. This girl named Phoebe's telling me, let me teach you about Snapchat. And I got on Snapchat. We have to pay attention to what the youth is saying because they just may be right. Boom. I think that's a perfect place to stop it. Not only because of his criticisms of Peter Schiff, I think he's extremely accurate when he talks about people of the younger generation being more willing to not only take risks, but put their money into digital assets. I find with a lot of the clients that we work with or a lot of the people we talk to, the older generation has a hard time wrapping their head around what crypto assets are. If they can't hold it in their hand, they're not really capable of understanding how this thing works and how is this thing that doesn't have any physical utility worth 25 or 17 or whatever the price of Bitcoin is today. But I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. How do you feel about Patrick Bet David? And do you agree with his statements that the younger generation is a key indicator of where finance is going? Well, first of all, you know, be honest with us, I watched that video yesterday. I thought his argument was weaker than than uh, Schiff's. I thought Schiff made a stronger argument for his case. I think Schiff is wrong. I thought he's wrong. But the reality is the younger generation has no money. All the money is sitting in the baby boomers' hands and all the people who don't trust and follow crypto. Um, and the reality is if the government doesn't want you using I don't care what kids are doing with the younger generation. If the government decides they don't want you using it, They'll just ban it. They'll ban whatever they want to ban. So what I really believe is going to happen is you're going to have, I've said this many times over again, companies are always looking for better, cheaper, lower cost solutions. Okay, that's just how it works. 
And so I think what's going to happen is these technologies that are going to solve people's problems, they're going to make businesses run smoother, lower cost, cheaper. Those technologies are going to get adopted. They're going to come and then people are going to use them or whether they use them as cryptocurrencies or not. That's that's another story to be seen. But I think the underlying technologies themselves, like a V-chain, I mean, we saw a perfect example of V-chain in use, right? Push your button, scan it, and you can actually see where this thing was, where it was built, all the way to where it was in, in her hand. That's coming. That's blockchain. It's not going away. So I think that you will see this happen. Now, in terms of how cryptocurrency is going to morph into a currency that we can use, the government has worked way too hard to get control of it. They're not going to give it up. So I think they'll let things like Bitcoin go because I think they'll let Bitcoin become a store of value as crypto, as a uh, digital gold. And then currencies for us to use and trade, I think they're going to want control of that. And you're going to see a USDC, I'm sorry, a CBDC coming. And that is going to be the major form of cryptocurrency uh, transaction, transactions, in my opinion. So that's what I think. Um, I think that's going to happen. I don't know. I'm curious to see what everybody else says. I think you're right, Johnny. I think there is a greater movement here, shifting us away from decentralization and into centralized platforms like a central bank digital currency. But for that to happen, they need to convince us that decentralization can't be trusted. And I think we're going through that process now. Regulation timing up perfectly with this crypto market crash today. And then we continue, which we, we will dive into this in just a couple of minutes. The bullish news has never been more prominent. You go through and you study the fundamentals of the crypto market, and there's never been more real-world utility than there is today. But I want to hear from Billy here. Billy, how do you feel about the youth shaping the future of finance? I absolutely think it's going to it's gonna take the youth in order to change everything. Um, being an old head, Johnny can attest to this too. I 100% agree that the the old heads in the market have the money. That's I mean, it's the, that's where the boomers are. But for us to change lives and get to where we need to get to, we're stuck thinking old ways. Um, it's going to take that new way of thinking and thinking outside the box and um, just having that new fresh eyes on it for us to get past the things that we need to get past. And if you look throughout history, the only way that we've developed and grown is from the younger people. They've brought in new solutions, new things. We would have never thought about crypto. I would have never got down with crypto a million years. I mean, until my son actually started looking at it. I, I remember back in the day, this is how old I am. My son had a um, controller. He was playing Xbox and it had toggle switches on it. And he told me it was it was so he could shoot faster. I thought I told me it was full of crap. I was like, they don't make controllers for you to do that. And absolutely, I look like an idiot. So now I actually look towards you guys and the younger people to see what's going on in the world. Like I had no idea what nodes were until I met Mario. Um, just like with Selman, like with in NFT tones. Uh, it's just... It's a balance. We have to have each other in order to move forward. I feel like the young people can get out of hand and maybe get a little out there sometimes, which allows us to bring them back in. But it's a hand in hand balance. We have to do this together. It's not a if that makes any sense. I know I went down a little rabbit hole. No, that makes perfect sense, Billy. And I think you're spot on when you say you look to the younger generation for the answers. I think a lot of older people and you're not older, but I think a lot of older people do the opposite, right? They're hesitant to adopt what the younger kids are and they'll call it foolish and they'll move away from those technologies. And then you zoom out and you realize those exact ideas were the most profitable technologies over the last decade. I do want to hear from the node defender before we carry it on here. What does this article say to you and how do you feel about the future of finance being centered around digital assets? Yeah, I think the writing is on the wall. I think it's definitely happening. Um, listening to the kids is really important. And, and Gary V says this all the time. And I've started listening to him more and more recently. And I think he nails it as far as 
you have to put your you have to realize where the attention is at. And a lot of people, you know, they didn't think Facebook was going to get to where it was was going to go. And, and it did. And then eventually the, the next thing was Instagram. And, and then the next thing was Snapchat. And now we're seeing the next thing being TikTok. And a lot of people are just like, ah, no, whatever, TikTok. No, I don't care about that. But that's where all the attention is at at the moment. And I've, I saw something uh, very interesting over the weekend, which is that Twitter Twitter's audience is actually very educated when it comes to crypto. They understand crypto and they understand the market a lot better than than what retail does. And, and the retail is all on TikTok. So if you want to understand what the retail is thinking about the crypto market, go to TikTok. If you think that we've reached the bottom, go to TikTok and you will see what the people on TikTok are saying. Because don't forget, the retail is, is the one that drives the market. You know, the institutions are buying OTC. They're not moving the market. The retail is what moves the market. So if you want to understand what the retail is doing, get on TikTok and see what everybody's saying about the market. Thank you so much, Mario. You're spot on. I'm, honestly, on a personal level, I don't think I utilize TikTok nearly enough. And you're going to see the members of this team starting to utilize that platform. We're not only going to be posting TikToks, but we're also going to be posting more on our Instagrams and social medias in general. So if you're looking for that content, all social medias are linked below. I know Selman does amazing work. I know Johnny, Billy, Mario, you guys all do amazing work. And I rely on you to inform me about this market. So I hope that energy is reciprocated going forward. But I do want to bring us up into our next article as Deloitte Bank and NYDIG Sorry, I lost the article here. Set up compliance to help business adopt Bitcoin. Deloitte is getting increasingly serious about Bitcoin amid the ongoing market downturn as it's setting up a major initiative to promote Bitcoin adoption. Deloitte has partnered with a Bitcoin-focused financial services firm, New York Digital Investment Group, to help companies of all sizes implement digital assets onto their balance sheets. Deloitte came out and said the future of financial services will center around the use of digital assets, and we're focused on advising our clients on ways to engage in a regulated and compliant way. This gets me excited. Who cares about a bear market when you've got exciting fundamental news like this coming out almost, it seems like, on a daily basis? Selman G., what does this article say to you? So, guys, did the fundamentals change or is the market just inefficient, right? So the whole markets are crashing, but you see in the background, these institutions are actually building. Regulation is coming. And we talked about it multiple times. It's a blessing, actually, right? Um, and, and people are still building. You see now they're uh, offering financial services. You know, for Metaverse, you got, uh, you know, Deloitte. I don't know about Deloitte, but I, but I know that PwC and KPMG bought into the Metaverse on land on Sandbox and now are, you know, um, helping institutions, you know, um, transition into Web3. So it's just insane what's happening in the background and you see price are going lower everybody's super scared but this is a blessing i really take that as a good good um advice actually to buy even more this the next couple of months maybe until end of this year because you see it's just distraction twitter tiktok all of them are just distraction they and i have to disagree with the note defender i believe institutions are driving this market they create that sentiment and then eventually it's the uh, retailers who are just you know uh, like excuse my language the dump money is uh, coming in right so um i believe in this case you know it's all distraction they create that distraction so that they can build and this is a blessing that we as warriors come together and help each other and actually warn each other that dude come on wake up this is all just you know distractions market sentiment um you should buy 
dollar cost average into fundamentals. And this is a you know very, very interesting article there. Thank you, Apps. And yeah, I believe um, digital assets will be part of it. Um, there is going to be some kind of regulation where I feel like oh, it's going to be risky because you know, MetaMask is centralized and many of, of these applications, these UIs are centralized. And eventually after regulation hits, we will have to do KYC. And you know what that means, right? It's the same kind of scenario like CBDCs. I mean, not the same, but still you will be, you know, they can track everything you do on the blockchain. So basically you offer them that you say decentralization, but they can track everything you do. So that's why, you know, uh, I feel like, with heart regulation, that's going to be the sacrifice we need to give uh, away. But at least, you know, they have to give in as well and, and be, become more decentralized. But, you know, human beings will find a way to hide whatever they want to. So, um, but I see that as a, a big opportunity for us. Exactly. And that's what I'm looking at here, Mario. What I want to say next is that Deloitte published a survey that found nearly 75% of retailers in the United States plan to accept crypto or stablecoin within the next two years. But what really catches my attention is that nobody here in the major industries is saying that it's the end of cryptocurrency. We're all just focused on the price action. And that's what I love so much. It says, I want to read this quote again before I kick it to you, Mario. The future of the financial services will center around the use of digital assets. And we're focused on advising our clients on ways to engage in a regulated and compliant way. This is the beginning of the rest of our lives. Digital assets, they're only going to become more prominent. Mario, the floor is yours. Yeah, man, I don't have a lot a lot to add. I've, I think the, uh, you know, a lot of good points have already been made by the group on this. I do think I do agree that digital assets will will be a strong foundation for our financial system going forward in the future. I mean, the, it's it's there. Institutions and I, Selman, I I agree with you, man. Institutions do create the sentiment. What I was trying to say is that I just don't think institutions are driving the price down right now or driving the price up in the sense of the actual buying and selling, but they do 100% create the sentiment because that's what they want at the top. They want to create the sentiment that you need to come in and buy the top so that they can sell on you. And at the bottom, they want to come in and tell you that you should be selling because they want to buy it from you. So that that's the way that I kind of interpret it. That's how I feel about it. But yeah, man, future, the future is definitely uh, digital assets. And Mario, you were in this market in 2017 and anybody who was even tampering with crypto back then, maybe if they weren't even fully involved, knows that every other article at the time was cryptos going away. There wasn't this certainty of adoption and the certainty of governments using Bitcoin. It was always, are these assets going to zero? And clearly five years later, none of them did. But we're going to kick it into our next article, which is Elon Musk said, I have never told people that they should invest in crypto. We're going to break this down because it's not as dangerous as it seems. He says that I have never said that people should invest in cryptocurrency. In the case of Tesla, SpaceX, and myself, we all did buy some Bitcoin, but it's a small percentage of our total cash assets. So everyone's probably shocked by this news. What's Elon doing here? Well, this is what's going on. Elon Musk is being sued alongside Tesla and SpaceX in a $258 billion lawsuit in which an American citizen and Dogecoin investor, Keith Johnson, has accused them of pumping Dogecoin. So there's a reason he phrased this the way it did because he's literally being sued for telling people to enter this market. I'd love to hear from Billy first. Billy, how do you feel about Elon? Not only his authenticity, but this $260 billion lawsuit going on right now. Good luck to Keith. Uh, Elon's always pissing off the right people, bro. Uh, that's what happens when you, you start coming after the establishment. They're going to come after you full force. Uh, I still don't know if Elon's a good guy or a bad guy. I really don't know. Like he plays both sides so well. He maintains that line 
right in the middle. So, yeah, bro, I don't I don't trust anything anyway. So it's really hard to trust Elon when he's doing all this crap. But the one thing I am excited about is the Twitter deal. I am excited that, you know, all the information about the bots got put out and there's been some exposure on that. But yeah, dude, I, the, the jury's still out on this cat. I don't know if he's a good guy or bad guy yet. He's crazy smart, though. Exactly. There's no doubt that he does have some sort of run. He's making decisions in the background. Now, we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but we know he's a global elite. So we're going to kick it to our global elite king here. Mr. Johnny Crypto, you already knew who I was talking to. What does this article say to you? Well, first of all, um, ask yourself a question. If you were a billionaire, would you care about all the middle class and lower class folks? Would you put your money, your life, and everything at risk for them. Just ask yourself that question. And then show me how many billionaires have done that. All right, I'll leave you guys with that from that perspective. But in terms of um, this article, you know, should he be sued? You know, it, it's a tricky thing because these guys are influencers. And you saw that when, whenever he would just actually just type the word Doge or who found my Doge, he'd try a stupid little statement, right? And then all of a sudden, these, these coins would skyrocket. And so his words have meaning. They have value. They influence people. And so I'm not an attorney. I'm sure we got attorneys out here listening in our chat. If we do, I'd love to hear that. I don't know if there's legal, true legal ramifications here, but certainly his words have, have, have power over individuals and can force people to go and do things. And so maybe he is liable for those words. I don't know. Did he ever say I'm not a financial advisor? I, I don't know. So we'll let the courts decide what, what comes out of it. I don't think he's going to get sued for $258 billion or whatever it is. But can he be liable for some of his words? That's a very interesting question. Very interesting question. Selman here's, what I, oh, Selman, here's what I love about Elon Musk, right, Johnny? And you'll remember this one. Tesla was being sued by the SEC. He did a public interview, and he said the words, I do not respect the SEC. And he's continued to hold that energy all the way through to the end of 22. How do you feel about this article here, Selman? Personally, I'm super biased. I've been following Elon Musk since 2015, so I like to think he's one of the good guys. What does this article say to you? And I want to reiterate, Elon Musk did say he was still accumulating Dogecoin, so floor is yours, Selman. First of all, I really don't know if Elon is a good guy or not, but he certainly has uh, influence on many, many, on the masses actually on Twitter. And he's become, you know, the leader first and then people hated him last year in May. And then they liked him again in July when he did the call with uh, Twitter, you know, ex-CEO. Um, it, it was funny. But right now, 258 billion, it tells me this is just, you know, to distract people again, to find like a content for people to talk about, to have some fun. Because I mean, $258 billion, like the market cap of Dogecoin was 40 billion. And certainly you didn't invest $40 billion. Like, I really don't know why it's that high. And it's just, you know, for funny, he got his fame. That guy got his fame for a couple seconds. That's it. Uh, made it to our show as well. But I feel like, you know, the way, to be honest, I don't think he's going to be liable for the things that he said because he never really said uh, buy Dogecoin. But I know that he has support, like that that influence. Recently, like two months ago, he did a post, like um, change his profile picture, put a Board Ape Yacht Club. And all of a sudden, Board Apes went up 20%, the floor price. And uh, it's just, you know, he was just messing. A couple of days later, he took it off. And um uh, he knows that he has an influence, but what can at the like what can SEC tell him, right? Because 
he's having fun. He can do whatever he wants. He has that right to put anything he wants. He's not saying buy it or something. So it's no financial advice there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very tough. Salman, I love what you had to say there. Elon Musk got his moment to shine because he made it onto the Good Morning Crypto Show. I can't believe you just said that. That is so awesome. And we have 214 live listeners out there. So if you agree with Salman that this is Elon Musk's moment to shine, smash that like button and show us some love. We have a very interesting clip to show you guys here. There was a protest against NFTs today in New York City, but we're going to point out a couple of things that stuck out to me because I don't believe this is what it appears to be. The global elites are again at play, but we'll let this thing play and get some comments. Here we go. First thing I want to point out here, there's about 12 people who participated in this protest against NFTs saying that they were not supportive of God. But there is something very, very interesting that I picked up on. If you look at this sign in the background, it does say, listen to Bill Gates, which I thought was very interesting. Wouldn't be surprised if he had his hands in this thing because it was pumped all over social media. And as I deep dive, it seemed like there was only 20 people out there with signs. So me and a couple of my college buddies could get this national attention. Maybe we'll have a pro NFT protest, but I'd love to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. What does this video say to you? Well, I mean, <laughs> you can't get your buddies to do it because you won't have the money behind you to do it. You're right. A lot of these things people don't realize are paid for by, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but there's groups out there that pay folks to go do this stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you. From a, I don't, I don't understand. I wasn't there. I don't know what they were actually complaining about with NFTs, but I will tell you this. Part of that is a legit argument. There are a lot of scams right now because this market is unregulated in NFTs, and I can understand why people maybe, for example, have a problem with, with NFTs or, or have a concern. But I believe the utility of an NFT is going to be huge. It's going to change the world. Your medical records, your home records, your personal records, everything, and your underwear, everything's going to be NFTIs at some point. And it will be, to some degree, for the betterment or, or the good of society. So I think NFTs have their place. But until regulation comes in and we can weed out a lot of the crooks, there's going to continue to be a lot of scams. Anybody out there buying NFTs, you better do your homework. Not once, not twice. You better measure three times and cut once before you buy NFTs because there's just a lot of scams out there. I'd be very, very careful. I can already sense that Selman G has a response brewing in his mind. So I'm just going to kick it straight to you, Selman. What's your response? Wait, 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 wait. There's one NFT I do recommend you buy because I know the team and I trust them. And that is Collecti. All right, I just want to get that in before you go to Boom. Floor is yours. The CEO of Collecti Labs himself, Selman G. How do you feel about the NFT protest? And I know it's unrelated, but do you think this was organic or do you think this was some sort of paid Bill Gates? I'm not really sure. Conspiracy here. No, I think that was organic. I, I feel like on TikTok here and there, everybody's talking about crypto. And I feel like someone who's not in crypto is just annoyed. Just like the masks, you know, we've seen in the, during the pandemic, people are like, they don't want it. And the funny thing is that uh, like there was one post saying God hates NFTs. To be honest, guys, God doesn't like scammers. And in the NFT space, there are so many scammers. And that's why we uh, started the company Collecti Labs to actually change that and um, help people identify good NFTs. So they are actually good people and good NFTs. And Johnny Crypto is absolutely right. So many things will be uh, tokenized in the future. All your assets, you will have a digital representation of them. Uh, I hope it's not Johnny Crypto's underwear, 
But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, but, maybe you know, Angelina loves underwear. I'm sure people would want hers, not mine. That's for sure. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's just um, Johnny's hundred percent right. Everything will be tokenized, and I see great potential there. But it's right now a very speculative asset because you know, day by day, we see so many rug pull events. We don't know what's gonna go, uh, what's gonna happen within the next months. Um, are all these beautiful NFT projects that everybody's hyping right now will be active in six months? We don't know. So that's why you know we need to lean back and enjoy the show see where we're going but 100 percent, the future will be tokenized the future will be tokenized and as we have all this positive news coming out around the crypto market we are going to close this show out today with a mad money jim kramer article jim kramer is calling for twelve thousand dollars when he's asked whether bitcoin is going to bounce from its current level or not he says that bitcoin could go down another 50 percent I think Bitcoin goes to $12,000 and that's where this fiasco ends. But what really caught my attention was these quotes at the bottom of the article that said earlier this month, he admitted that he owns Ethereum, adding, I would never discourage you from buying cryptocurrencies. He ever, However, he also said that I would prefer you do it with Ethereum or Bitcoin as those have the largest followings. But of course, it's Jim Cramer, so he's contradicting himself here. As in last October, he said the whole investment case for crypto rests on greater fool theory. That is the theory that Bill Gates promoted a couple weeks ago, saying you're only buying these assets to sell them to someone else at a higher price. I don't trust Jim Cramer, but I have been following him for quite a while. Mario, why don't you take us home here before I close this out? Yeah, I, uh, listen, Jim Cramer doesn't know anything more than... than uh, Robert Kiyosaki in the sense of where the price is going. I mean, or where the bottom is going to be, I should say. I mean, do we know that we're in the bear market and the price could be going down? Absolutely. But what I'm trying to say is that they don't know where the bottom is going to be. They're just speculating just like we all are here. So, and this is all just planned theatrics from Elon Musk and him and what Elon Musk puts, uh, uh, of course he knows it's going to affect the price. Jim Cramer knows that what he says on the show may affect the price, or at least the people that listen to him may take action based on what he says. But at the end of the day, we, it's all up to us to just do our own research and come up with our own conclusion and make our own plan and um, realize that these people are just speculating just like we are. Yes. And when we look at this rainbow chart, just to close this out here, Bitcoin, $12,000, extremely unlikely. It would dip far below than it's ever dipped before. So we are not anticipating that happening. Tomorrow, we have Jordan Harry joining us live, 11 a.m. on this channel. Go ahead, Johnny. Hey, before we close it out, just remember, Kramer, he's in that class of one of the lion, rat, snake, weasels. He's one of the biggest ones. So make sure we bring him up. We put him in that. We need to create a wall, a wall of lion, snake, rat, weasels. And we'll put Kramer in and uh, – Kramer and uh, Gensler, they could be our top two. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. That's okay, Johnny. I just want to say thank you to Selman G. Thank you to the Node Defender. Thank you to Billy and thank you to Johnny Crypto. Another amazing episode. We got Jordan Harry joining us live tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. And we have 200 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button on the way out of here. And it's like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.